Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Welcome to the Hotbed. Series 3, Episode 2. I'm Lisa Williams. I'm Anarchy Somerville. And we are the Hotbed Collective. We are the organization of women hell-bent on making the world better. One orgasm at a time. 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 Mm. Now, this is an interesting episode, even if I say so myself, and even if it is... Has no, not... Implying the others aren't interesting, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am about to talk to Jess Phillips, MP, who is a Labour politician. She is a campaigner for women's rights. She worked for years in a women's refuge and she is an all-round good egg, happy bean. She's about my age. She's achieved a million times more. A little slight, a little slight towards the anarchy Somerville about my age and she's a good egg and loads of other adjectives that are very that, positive that you can only be if you are young if you are my age she's my no I didn't mean that I meant she's my age but achieved a lot more oh, than I, I have again another slight to me Go ahead. to me <laughs> she's written a great book called every woman which she said she wrote in about six weeks because she was so cross about everything from online trolling to the way we talk about relationships, to violence against women, to women in politics, women at Westminster, that she literally just sat down and vomited out this book, which is just brilliantly written, very rousing, very interesting and very funny. And what I really like about Jess is she's a politician, but to me, she's, I relate to her. I think she's a normal person. She's good fun. You can imagine her fighting your cause in parliament, but then having a drink with you in the pub afterwards mm. and maybe we could dance to some R&B and have a cocktail and maybe after the cocktail we'd go to some kind of after party and then... You've really thought it through. Yeah, then we'd make friends. Then I would sort of... I would move to Birmingham. I've been there before. I, li I did uni there, like it, but maybe she'd think about moving down to London to Is live near me. Is this a bodyguard scenario that I'm visualising here? So you're... Sort of a bodyguard stroke PA person in yeah. this fantasy. Yeah, well, you know, if she runs for prime minister, I'd like to be the kind of right-hand woman. I could write some of her speeches. She would. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Maybe move me into 10 Downing Street. You could put like deep heat on her feet after a long day in Parliament. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I haven't really thought about it, but... No, no, not much. No, but she's... I'm a fan. So, we are going to talk about sex and relationship education in schools, because this is something that Jess feels really strongly about, and her opinion, I think, has been informed by her time at the Women's Refuge, because... I think a lot of the despair that she felt when she worked there was around the fact that we do not talk to children at school in a proper way about sex and about relationships. And I saw her talk at Stylist Live last year and she she said that what happens is a lot of the women that she dealt with didn't have the words or the confidence to leave an unhappy relationship. And she is not victim blaming, but she is saying if we talk to our children boys and girls at school from a young age in an age-appropriate way of what a healthy relationship looks like, then we would be more prepared to see the signs when they're coming, you know, the danger signs. This is something that I think I feel very strongly about too. I always think that information is a good thing. Mm. And I just found that my sex education at school was lacking. What was yours like? God, mine was awful. I think I I remember that we used to have... Um, we did have a session with a teacher and the, all of the onus was on avoiding pregnancy. So that was what we talked about. Um, and we talked, we passed around a condom. So there was a lot about contraception and they showed us a rubbery, rubbery diaphragm, which actually my, I shouldn't say this, but my mum actually had one of these as well and I thought there was much hilarity with us pinging it across the classroom Um, but there was just no mention of us even having a clitoris really um, or anything really about our anatomy or even about the kind of pressures we might feel under from boys like how they might be constantly trying to get us to give them blow jobs and hand jobs which was really the reality was the minute that you were in any private environment with a boy there was kind of this constant hectoring to get busy with his penis um so I just felt there was a lot lacking and I guess where I've struggled a bit is that now we've moved into a spectrum where you can see everything and and I didn't really see sex at all I never witnessed anything um maybe like one little well-thumbed Jackie Collins book and that was it now we've gone to the other extreme where you can see everything but there's no real education around it so we're, we're much more open in terms of being able to see all the different kinds of sex, though some would argue it's very 
patriarchal. It's much, it's mainly penetration. Um, but we don't really have any explanation about whether we should do it or want to do it or how it feels or whether we can say no to it. And that's the aspect that worries me sort of thinking about the future because I'm just kind of like, is that more liberal and is that more open-minded? Or actually we're just, we're kind of like deluging young people with all these images but offering them no kind of filter or way to understand them. Yeah, the idea of our kids, our kids learning about sex and relationships from Pornhub is quite worrying and also I you know I don't have a problem with porn per se but I do think that when young people are watching it they need to know hang on a minute this is not real this is a film set this is how the industry works this is everything that has gone into this scene that you were seeing before you and here's how to deconstruct it and analyze it as well as enjoy it or not, as the case may be. Um, I think that is quite important. You know, and it's also pleasure. That's another thing. You said that you weren't taught about the clitoris, neither was I. And I just think it's such an irony when you see women's rights now um, being eroded. So, for example, in America with, you know, abortion probably becoming outlawed very soon, thanks to Mr. Trump. Um And I think, isn't that interesting that women's bodies are dictated to and we are told left, right and centre what to do with them, apart from how to make ourselves feel good. There's an irony there, isn't there, of kind of, you know, what might be quite useful is a lesson in pleasure, a lesson in um, an orgasm and in what to do with the clitoris. And instead of all of this fight over reproductive rights. Mm, It's true. It is true. I'd hope, though, that things are getting better in schools now, though. Is that something that you talk about or that's there's a journey towards? Yes. So what's happening at the moment is that there was a consultation at the beginning of the year and I did put it on in, on uh, the Hotbed's uh, Instagram because anyone could contribute their thoughts to it. And that's currently happening and we will see uh, what happens. But Jess has some thoughts on that. So we talked to her. But um, here we go. Hello, Jess Phillips, Hello. Member of Parliament for Birmingham Yardley. Thank you so much for talking to me today. You're welcome. My now, pleasure. I, uh, pleasure, funnily enough, what we're <laughs> going to talk about. So I wanted to talk to you about sex and relationships education, mm-hmm. um, because I know you have talked about it in the past. So firstly, can you tell us a bit about what your sex education was like, either at school or beyond when you were growing up? I actually don't remember really having any sex education. I remember vaguely talk about periods and Mm. we were given like a sort of discreet napkins in a bag, (laughs) um, like just once. And um, that was when I was, I think, maybe in like third year, so year nine. Right. And I had my period from when I was just 10 years old. So it was a slightly pointless exercise for me. (laughs) Um, So that I remember. I remember vaguely being in top juniors and there being like a a video of people playing volleyball or something that were naked. (laughs) I've never gone on to play naked volleyball in later (laughs) life, so it didn't inform me much. Um, But I don't recall much sex education. But at home, um, it was a constant. There was, uh, I came from a very sort of liberated family and people would talk about sex all the time as if it was a completely normal thing to talk about. Um, So, yeah, at home... It was. It wasn't something that wasn't talked about or that we couldn't ask questions about. And so, but yeah, at school, nothing. 
Wow. So was it everyone in your family? Was it your mum and your dad? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They would just talk about it all the time. And they were like, you know, like one of those naked households where oh, everybody yeah. walks around naked. <laughs> I am still one of those naked households. Why is that? Uh, I can't be bothered to put my clothes on to go to the loo in the night. <laughs> uh, mainly laziness. Yeah. Uh, I don't wear clothes in bed. I think wearing clothes in bed is weird. <laughs> Why would you get dressed up to go to bed? Um, I get cold, but... <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't get cold. I'm over hot. Um, so, yeah, no, um, my... But my, I've got three brothers and they're a lot older than me. Mm. Um, so two of them are a lot older than me, like 10 year gap. Um, and so they, from when I was quite young, they had girlfriends and they, girlfriends would be staying over the night. And so my parents would talk to us about it and yeah. things. So yeah, it was really comfortably spoken about in my house. I've never been frightened. I wasn't frightened to tell my mum the first time I had sex, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, but I recognise that that is unusual. What do you, what effect do you think it's had on you? Can you like comparing yourself to maybe friends that weren't so didn't have families that were so open? Well, I mean, I think that it has basically informed my entire career, isn't it? Is that I made a career out of being able to talk about difficult things, mm. um, and that came from years of grooming by uh, to to that position that, that nothing is embarrassing, that you shouldn't be afraid to speak about things, yeah. that there's no sort of Victorian stiff upper lip, um, and. So I've always found it easy to talk about really difficult subjects, which I then went on to work in rape crisis, sexual yeah. exploitation services, uh, domestic abuse. Um, but also, you know, I've had to sit in front of groups of gang nominals. So, you know, lads who'd been involved in gang violence and talked to them about sex yeah. and not feel uncomfortable about that. Yeah. Um, and so actually my childhood made a massive difference to the rest of my life. So... Why is it so important? So sex and relationship education, obviously, is being reviewed at the moment. Why is it important? To, why is it important to change it? Well, the piece of legislation that went through on the Children's Social Care Act that's, that made compulsory sex and relationship education is something that campaigners like myself have been fighting for for what seems like decades. Mm. Um, and it is important because we've got to make sure that we are talking not just about sex and shagging and um, whether you get pregnant and or um, whether you're going to get gonorrhea or mm. chlamydia. Um, it is about talking about relationships and healthy relationships. There is an epidemic in this country, a pandemic across the world of violence against women and girls. And it stems very, very clearly from the imbalance of power between men and women and mm. the expectations of relationships between men and women that are formed in us from birth mm. and informed by our childhoods almost entirely. <clears throat> and so the need to make it compulsory in schools is that we have to be talking in an age-appropriate way to children of all ages about what healthy, happy relationships look like mm -hmm. as well as what sex is about sex has for so many women and so many cultures been used as a tool of power 
as part of a power structure to control us. Our wombs have been used to control us through fertility mm. for generations. And so to liberate women and to end the epidemic of violence against women and girls, naturally one of the solutions to that is to break down the culture of the power imbalance in relationships between men and women. But what I don't want is for teachers to feel this is just another thing that they've got to do. Yeah. I want to make sure that specialist agencies across the country are going to be funded to be delivering this new syllabus that we've all been consulting on mm. um, to make sure that it doesn't just end mm. at that one session you'll get in year nine. It has to be a constant conversation within a school and mm. whole school approaches, that, that's the buzzwords, that get used. And that there are referral pathways in and out for support. Yeah. And currently, we are nowhere near that. Yeah. We are nowhere near. It's a total postcode lottery about whether there are even um, sexual violence services for young victims. And mm. certainly domestic abuse. I think there's like five domestic abuse services that have a specialist young women's service in the whole country. So, mm. you know, if you're in rural Cornwall, I want you to have the exact same services as you would yeah. have in West London. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit controversial, but there is um, a movement that actually we support to a certain extent to talk about pleasure in schools and Mm -hmm. that sex isn't just pregnancy and gonorrhea, as you mentioned. Um, It's amazing anyone ever does it, isn't it? The way that they talk about it It in school. It doesn't sound fun. It doesn't stop people though, so there's definitely more to it. But we sort of think, well, it wouldn't hurt really to explain... you know, anatomy, this is a clitoris, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. I was never told what that was. No, me um, neither. And also I mean, just... usually you find out for yourself by the time anyone's talking about it. But yeah, <laughs> no one mag- ever mentioned it to me. Exactly, all through magazines. And yeah, you know, Now Magazine, Position of the Fortnight. I remember that vividly. Does Now Magazine still exist then? It does. I mean, we have more magazine just over More, here. that's it. Yeah, ones. more. We talk about it a lot because we were real 90s kids, as yeah, you know, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, um, from that point of view. But um we don't think that that sort of exists anymore, actually, for young people growing up. It's basically what they learn in school or porn, yeah. and there doesn't seem to be that in-between yeah. bit of You're education. Right. There is no just 17 or no, no. talking about so, first time they had sex. Do you think that's important to talk about the fun side of sex and also anatomy? Because a lot of women don't really ever refer to their vulva, for example, yeah. and they don't have a word for it in their family if you know when you're raising girls what do you say I know mm-hmm. you have boys but do you have any I don't. thoughts I've on still it? talked to them about it then yeah no I definitely think you should talk about pleasure I definitely think you should talk about women and pleasure much more so than we currently do um and I think that you people should be told that having sex is yeah isn't this sort of like terrifying thing that people often mm. say um when you're young to try and put you off um, yeah, definitely. We should be telling women about masturbation even. We don't talk about it. Men, there, there is so much more in com- common parlance about masturbation mm-hmm. amongst young boys. And, I mean, what you'll get now from me saying this is like the Daily Mail will say, Jess Phillips suggests five-year-olds masturbate. Um, <laughs> that is, of course, not at all what I'm saying, although I was at the UN um, last year at the Commission for the Status of Women. And I uh, sort of, I think, um, sort of religious... A group of people had come to the thing that was about sex education globally yeah. and talking to girls. And this young man at the back of the room said, I don't have children, but what you're suggesting is uh, teaching four-year-olds about blowjobs or something something along those lines. That, uh, and I don't want my five-year-old being taught to uh, masturbate and you shouldn't be talking about this. 
And I just said to him, with the greatest respect in the world to you, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about talking about relationships and how to be comfortable with your body. Yeah. But your children are going to masturbate whether we talk to them about it or not. And his face, this young American religious man, was just like, you're not going to stop it. So let's stop people feeling ashamed about talking about it. I'm not suggesting we teach. We go into schools and teach children how to masturbate for one second. Mm. I am suggesting we talk to them about the things that they're doing anyway. Yes, agreed, 100%. It's better to have the true facts out there. Yeah, and also I think that the idea, I mean, I did a thing with Catelyn Moran recently and her most recent book is about a teenage girl Mm. essentially having sex with different people and different sorts of sex. And she said to me that she wrote it almost exclusively to tell the real story of what having sex is about. I suppose you're more magazine sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, And... Uh, because she, as a teenage girl, thought it was going to be like, you know, sort of like wispy white curtains coming in through the window <laughs> over like you're all, everybody's always having sex in white sheets yes. on films. Yes. And that in reality, it was nothing like that. And that we need to be talking to people about the realities of it. But talking to them about the pleasure that women should expect is uh, really important in what I'm talking about, about the power imbalance. Yes. Agreed. And that actually brings me nicely to orgasm inequality, which is close to our heart. Well, I'd not heard of this before. I, do, I mean, I'm not at all surprised by the figures that you're uh, suggesting. Absolutely. So heterosexual women um, orgasm much less frequently than um, heterosexual and uh, homosexual men and lesbians are sort of somewhere in between. So we're asking all our guests this series um, the one thing they would do to close that gap. And we've talked about sex education. I don't know if that's your answer or is it the new vibrators on sale at Sainsbury's? <laughs> I don't know if you've read that. Do, are they selling them in Sainsbury's? Yep, as of this week, £8. So £8? That's true equality. Total bargain yeah. <laughs> from Sainsbury's? Yes. Is it discreet for you to put it in your uh, your trolley? Ah, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> it should be, though. Yeah. I think that actually, funnily enough, that has got much better, hasn't it? Since I was a teenager to now, that uh, maybe that's the internet, has done that in that people can buy things without having to go into like a seedy shop. Um, yeah. that, that that has equalised the idea of women's sexuality. I think women need to talk about um, their sexuality in a sense that beyond the idea of male gaze. Yeah. So the porn industry would have you believe that if you just look at a woman, she will orgasm. Um, <laughs> and that if also if you beat her around the head, she will be in rapturous orgasm. Yeah. Now, awesome. anyone knows that that is a nonsense Mm. um so i think it is really important to for women to talk more honestly about that and to change that and i think that once again in an age-appropriate manner Mm. talking to young people about orgasms and i mean i suppose teaching the anatomy one should actually teach it. If you're yeah. going to teach anatomy, it is just your body, then maybe you could teach it. I'm not sure that would improve things, though. No. Sort of like, you know, your biology teacher talking to you about the clitoris. At least I'm you... not entirely certain that would improve things. Yeah, it's a start, though, isn't it? It's a better than nothing. So they only found the full shape of a clitoris in the 90s. <laughs> just insane we're so far beyond what shape did they think it was before they thought it was a tiny little pea or a little button and actually it's um shape of an octopus almost in fact it looks like a spider oh, because of your nerves yeah, yeah actually yeah, yeah. this is really funny I, mean, I, I don't d- even know so I there you go i don't normally carry this around me. with me but this is it i'm showing jess um, a little purple <laughs> plastic clitoris it's more like that 
I had no idea. <laughs> this has been uh, news to me. There we go. Well, it was only discovered in the 90s, so I only found out probably about a year ago. Um, I mean, really, we've been cutting people up for a long time, longer than the 90s. Although no scientific research is ever done on women, is it? Exactly. Because it's all, very, it's all very uh, it's centric around men. Um, so, yeah, no, I think being taught about anatomy would not be a bad thing. Also, um, I think that it should come across in sort of expectations... Uh, and relationships in sex that your expectations that women's expectations should be great mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that unfortunately like all that free labour we do d domestically mm -hmm. we've got to start demanding more and being able to say that was shit mate <laughs> <laughs> must try harder uh, yeah time. must try harder we've got a terrible sort of like trying to like yeah Make people feel appreciated. I was going to ask about Love Island and feminism. Oh, so I yeah. know you're a fan of Love Island. I am a massive fan of Love Island. Again, everyone watched it, everyone loved it. Um, and yet, I saw some comments recently by the head teacher of Wimbledon Girls School. She talked yeah, to a conference of head teachers, and she basically said that girls these days have to choose between supporting the Me Too movement and watching Love Island. And I was so angry about these comments that I took to Twitter thinking this is going to, you know, explode. And she answered me and we had a bit of oh, a to you. and fro. But no one else seemed to really care. But my point was this. It was... About three different rape victims I've worked with sent it to me and were appalled. Right. Privately. Tell... Okay, that's so interesting. So there you go. So you don't, don't worry, you were speaking up for some people <laughs> who to. were silently raging. That's the only reason I know about that story is okay. that three yeah. women I have worked with in recent years who have been either raped or very violently sexually assaulted were, and all loved Love Island, <laughs> were horrified by this this woman saying this. So. What she was saying was a little bit like, girls can't... Um... Say, look at me, I'm going to have a fake tan and gorgeous hair and nails and want people to look at me in a bikini and at the same time say that they don't want to be sexually harassed. So to me, I was like, A, that's wrong because that's victim blaming. And B, um, you don't have to be a Love Island contestant to be a, a victim of abuse. You know, it perpetuates yeah. this whole, they yeah, were asking the for it and yeah, totally. un unattractive, in inverted commas, women are not sexually harassed. But also, also, I think I think you're totally right. It is victim blaming. Don't wear short skirts. Don't tie your mm. hair up in case somebody pulls you away. You pay yourself. Nonsense. Don't rape. It's the message. Um, but also, I think it misunderstands how in depth the patriarchy is in how we all judge ourselves. That woman is just allowing a matrix of somebody else mm. as the judgment on the girls in her school. Mm -hmm. It's just like no, change the matrix. Yeah. Change the system. I get asked to go into companies all the time and talk to the women about being powerful and mm -hmm. like encouraging women to, you know. And I just say, no, I don't want to speak to you women. I want to speak to you men and tell them to stop being such arseholes to the people who work there. Yeah. I'll speak to your managers. We've got to change mm. the matrix. Like, you know, I spend months of my life not eating carbohydrates because of some ridiculous notion that I have mm. about my body. You know, I worked in rape crisis for years. You could, you can, when we're, we're not one dimensional, mm -hmm. perfect creatures, mm. uh, and the idea that we should have to be mm. is ridiculous. Yeah, you can wear a bikini, have a fake tan, you can have your husband's name tattooed across your neck for all I care, <laughs> and you can still be a feminist. You can do what you like. Stormy Daniels, yeah, one of the greatest. <laughs> Feminist icons of this year. Mm -hmm. In the news reviews, Stormy Daniels will win her place for just being a badass yeah. and not giving up when so many other people would have. Yeah. You know, 
you can look like whatever and still be a feminist icon. A hundred percent. Lady from Wimbledon. I know. Now, secret to a happy long-term relationship. Do you have one? <laughs> I have a very happy long-term relationship. Um, I, I, I mean, I say this glibly. Um, I think that the secret to mine and my husband's very happy long-term relationship is um, that we only live together half of the week. <laughs> uh, and we always have. Long yeah. before I was elected, my husband worked on a four-on, four-off night shift yeah and so we never slept in the same bed for more than four nights a week in a run ever and we still don't because i live in london mm -hmm. half the week um and my favorite night of the week is the first night that i'm back with him and my second favorite is the first night i'm away <laughs> uh, i like to watch box sets in bed he does not like to watch telly in bed and so it feels like a massive liberation when he's not there um but um I just think we're equal partners. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like I'm saying this because I'm a feminist. My husband never expects thanks yeah. or praise for being a complete equal to me in our domestic life. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I say equal, he's massively, done massively more than me. He does more cleaning, more cooking, more child rearing than I do. But I earn the money. Um, and we are but he doesn't he just thinks that's the way our life is he doesn't expect praise or thanks mm. just i mean yeah i think he was i really like his mother and he was raised incredibly well find somebody find a woman a middle-aged woman with a son <laughs> find a woman that you really like <laughs> then marry her son <laughs> That would be my piece of advice. Love but it. yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm obsessively in love with my husband as much as I was the day I met him. I love it. It's so nice to hear that. And that's mm. the other thing. You don't often hear normal, healthy relationships just saying, you know what, we're good. Yeah. It's not too showy. It's not, I'm not complaining. I'm just, yeah. we're good. We're just, a team. Like, yeah, you know, like the, the most romantic thing he ever did for me is like he uh, remembered when he did the shopping to buy me Tampax. Love it. You know, I mean, it's not showy. It no. is domestic and it is it is putting the bins out. It is remembering not to be a dick if you're the person who's got up every day of the week and let the other one sleep in for a bit. It's just, it's really basic mm -hmm. kindness yeah. and not just like I try and raise my children, just don't be a dick. Your new campaign is not the job. So mm -hmm. do you want to just explain quickly what that is? And also we set our readers, our listeners some homework so we're, we're starting to do make shit happen monday where we say okay. like let's say the abortion bill for example everyone wrote to their mps brilliant that was cool um tell us a bit about it and what we can do so yeah it's called not the job and part of it comes from the whole me too movement whilst has been a, a tremor across the world um it has led to very little structural change as we've seen this week with the non-disclosure agreements still the power sits very much with rich men who were able to use that power to pretty much do whatever they like uh, and then use their money to basically bend our country's laws um, and also the whole me too movement has at its highlight because we hear about it from the media being largely about women in very specific sectors, uh, usually higher up, higher paid. And from the very beginning, I have been fascinated with trying to change the structures for women, the lowest paid women in society, your cleaners, your caterers, your waitresses, your hostesses, your, your president's club, mm. uh, end of the scale. Um, and currently there are no laws to protect uh, women from third party harassment by customers. The idea that the customer is always right. So what we're seeking to do is to get women to come forward and tell us their stories about harassment via customers. 
um, in their current work setting mm -hmm. and or some historical. Lots of people have been in touch with us about historical cases, but we are really looking for current cases mm -hmm. so that we can try and take legal action and that we can find the employers who are doing well and we want to change the law to make third-party harassment the responsibility of a decent employer to do something about it. I mean, it seems <laughs> obvious, doesn't it? That if somebody comes in and basically stalks you at work when mm. you're working in your, you know, the local supermarket, uh, that your boss should really have some sort of plan or strategy to keep you safe at work. You know, if it was toxic chemicals, mm -hmm. they, they've got like a policy about yeah. how you can and can't handle toxic chemicals. If you're working with machinery, there's a million different health and safety laws that will protect you. So women are protected at work if they are hit by a van, but not if they are hit by a man. And that cannot be the case. Mm. So we're asking people to send in their stories, to pass on the campaign and to get people to come forward so that we can try and take legal action and we can try and change the law. And this is at Not The Job on Twitter. Indeed, so that's at how Not people, The Job. And yep. that's how people should send their stories in? Yeah, well, there's a, if you go onto the website, which is at notthejob.com. Right. Um, and you, there is a completely encrypted... Uh, and secure a uh, back end to that that you can email into and only one other person other than me has access to it um, and we will keep everything completely confidential um, but yeah you can tell your stories safely there. So we are teens of the 90s yeah. and we always talk about who we fancied in the 90s. Who was your 90s uh, uh Oh gosh well River Phoenix I, oh. I thought I felt I might die the day that he died. Um, I also had tickets to go and see Nirvana the day uh, about three days after Kurt Cobain had killed himself oh, no. the 8th of April I remember it vividly because it was my friend Issel's birthday and we were meant to go out and we just mourned the whole time. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, both of those. Uh, River Phoenix was, mm. I mean, River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves, so my own private Idaho being like the perfect mashup of, um, of those two things. And Keanu Reeves was in Parliament recently, and I, I just felt like I'm going to die. But also a bit of Patrick Swayze as well, because yeah. of Point Break. I mean, he was hot in Point Break. Yeah. And I would say the entirety of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but mainly the person who I thought about having sex with the most when I was a teenager was Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, we're with you there. I'd like to thank Moon Cup for sponsoring this episode. If you haven't heard of a Moon Cup, have a look at mooncup.co.uk to check it out. It's the original reusable menstrual cup made from medical grade silicon. It is vegan and eco-friendly and money saving and all the other good words. I have been using one since I was at university and trust me, buying one was one of the only good decisions I made back then. As a busy person, I've always liked how I don't have to empty it as often as you'd need to change a tampon and you don't need to remember Remember to head to the shops every month or think about what you need for light or heavy days as it's great for both. If you have any questions about how it works or if you're curious to try one, head to mooncup.co.uk to find out more. So Anthony Kiedis, that's who Jess Phillips thought about having sex with the most when she was a teenager. I thought that reminded me of you a little bit, Anarchy. Oh my gee. I mean, Anthony Kiedis, for me, he, I think for quite a long period of maybe 10, 15 years, was my ideal man. Mm. Um, and in fact, when, do you remember when there used to be something called MySpace? Yes. Yeah. So I had a profile on MySpace and I found what I thought was Anthony Kiedis's real profile. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure it was because there was an awful lot of very attractive women that he'd friended. 
Um, and I became obsessed with kind of messaging him. And there was one occasion when he actually messaged me back again. Really? What did he say? Yeah. I think he just said hello. <laughs> <laughs> that story reminded me of when you thought that the real, was it the real Vin Diesel was messaging you on Instagram? Yeah, so that was really embarrassing. I actually wrote a piece for the hotbed about it because what happened was he said, I got a direct message saying hello again. I get a lot of direct messages generally with that opener. And then when I clicked on it, I was like, fucking hell, it is Vin Diesel. And he had a very convincing scenario because he said, you're a mum. I think you're a single mum. I'm a single parent as well. And I was like, oh, and I was actually taking um, Ray swimming. And I think I was kind of messaging him. And I said to some of the other mums, I said, look at this. It's Vin Diesel is actually messaging me. Because he had this whole story. He said he was in Morocco filming. Um, He'd seen my profile. He really liked me. And the mums were all going completely ballistic. So they were looking at my phone going, I can't believe Vin Diesel. And I was thinking, this is really strange because I'm not a Vin Diesel fan. I've never really watched any of his films. I would have thought that I'm probably not Vin Diesel's type. (laughs) But this didn't occur to me for one second. If I'd done any research at all, if I'd even just Googled (laughs) him, I think he's happily married. And I'm pretty sure that his type is, you know, a, a petite large-breasted woman, um, probably not somebody who's kind of, yeah, in maternity, dungarees. So after that conversation with Jess Phillips, and I was in her office, and in her office was um, three colleagues working away. Bless them, they had to work in silence as we had a chat about the clitoris, etc. And because we ended the conversation on who we thought about the most um, when we were teenagers, and she mentioned River Phoenix, and so we stopped recording... And then there was this really awkward moment because I then went on to tell her, but also her office, about how I was a huge River Phoenix fan. And not only that, but I was also a Leaf Phoenix fan. So Joaquin Phoenix, before he was Joaquin, was Leaf Phoenix. And he was in a film called Parenthood, which I absolutely loved. And then I went on to say, and I'd never told anyone this, and I don't know why I decided to tell Jess Phillips in her office, but I told her... I told them that when I was 12, I named my boobs after River and Leaf Phoenix. So yeah. L and R. So left is Leaf and right is River. And why did you do that, though? Was that was in the in the hope that they might see the breasts one day? And I don't know. But isn't it weird that we're even questioning it? Because boys name their willies, don't they? Yeah, but they don't name their willies after girls that they fancy. I want to apologise now to Jess Phillips and her office for the too much information. Um, but it was really great to talk to her. And we need more people like that in politics um, making themselves heard. Mm. Now, what are we going to set for homework this week? Um, Well, one of the things we were going to set, because we were thinking about educating yourself, weren't we, in terms of sex ed. And um, and I am going to challenge myself to do this as well. I think you might be better than me, um, which is just being able to look up on the internet a vulva and that's the correct term, isn't it? Yes. I have to reprogram my brain. Um, and basically, can you identify all the different parts of that anatomy correctly? So don't look at a labelled one with little arrows pointing to the names. Actually try and see if you can identify the different parts. Um, yes, and maybe Google vulva anatomy. And not Volvo. Not Volvo and not... Um, I think if you just do vulva, you may get some sort of porny. You might have some porny ones. I'd like to tell everyone about a survey that we've got running. It's just gone live. 
It is on our website. We also link to it in our Instagram stories. So at the Hotbed Collective on Instagram or thehotbedcollective.com, you will find it. We are asking everyone about orgasms. So as we spoke to Jess about orgasm inequality, we're interested in closing the orgasm gap and we want to know about your experience of orgasms, uh, how you orgasm, how many times, how frequently, I want to know your methods. Um, It's going to be anonymous, but there isn't much research into this area and we're really, really, really keen to hear from you. So please fill that form in and that is part of your homework. Thank you. There's lots of multiple choice. It's very quick to fill in and we want to hear from women, trans men, trans women, bisexual women, lesbians. Um, There's not much in it for the average bloke, Mm. but it's about female orgasm and it's many different manifestations and uh, whether you've never had an orgasm or whether you're having them, whether you've had sort of six in the time of listening to this podcast, we want to hear from you. Well done you, if you have. Yeah. Well done. High five. High five. We will see you next week or on the internet. Toodle pops. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details